The Modern Tire Dealer Show is sponsored by MTD10, the training and education network. Formerly DSP20 Group, 10 is the most progressive, comprehensive resource offering tire dealers the solutions, connections, and training they need to reach their goals. From one-on-one coaching and 20 group networking to real-world on-site problem-solving and exclusive content, 10 offers an all-encompassing approach to education unlike anything the industry has ever seen, one that will ensure your business succeeds long-term. Learn more about what 10 can do for you and your business at mtd10.com. Welcome to this week's edition of the Modern Tire Dealer Show. I'm Mike Mangus, editor of Modern Tire Dealer. Today's guest, Spencer Carruthers, is the owner of Kenwood Tire, a single location dealership in West Bridgewater, Massachusetts. When the COVID-19 pandemic hit, Spencer was forced to step back and reevaluate his business from top to bottom. Everything from what he offers to both customers and his employees, to whether or not his business was working for him or the other way around. He calls it an epiphany that has changed everything and he shares his experience today. This is a can't miss episode. Let's get to it. Hey, Spencer, it's great to have you on the Modern Tire Dealer Show today. Thank you for carving some time out of your busy schedule to join us. Great, thanks for having me, Mike. Yeah, you know, in the October issue of Modern Tire Dealer, which is out now, we ran a big article about what tire dealers are doing to uh, work around the very tight labor market right now. And we spoke with you pretty extensively, and you, you talked about that a little bit. But the conversation uh, sort of uh, meandered into what I might call you know, philosophical territory. You, you, you talked about how COVID-19 really uh, uh, forced you to reevaluate your, your business and some of the things that you were doing in, in your business, from, from employee relations to how you schedule customers to the services that you offer or don't offer anymore, as the case may be. So that's sort of where I wanted wanted to start. You know, obviously COVID nineteen has had a massive impact on on all of our listeners in in different ways. Um, you know, it seems like demand has returned in a, in a big way, which is great, but uh, not without some some uh, changes that that you've made. Can you talk about that a little bit, Spencer? Oh, sure, Mike. Yeah. By the way, great article. Love to read it. Uh, very positive. Very helpful. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, um, so, yeah, the uh, the labor market was, yeah, in my opinion, you know, as, as a shop owner, the, the labor market was tough before COVID. Um, you know, there was a lot more, a lot more looking for people and not enough people to be found. So it was tough before COVID. But, you know, once it happened, it, you know, it, it really hammered down the point that uh, I have to accept or realize that a business like mine is limited by its, you know, human resources. Um, it's it is nothing I could do. I mean, no matter how many ads I ran in Indeed, ZipRecruiter, how many thousands I spent, the candidates were really lackluster, and I just didn't, you know, I just didn't see any kind of growth coming out of my business at all. So that was the philosophical moment I think you were talking about, which where I just realized, hey, you know, there's nothing I can do to change this. This is out of my control totally. This is the market, labor market. Um, but, and COVID just like hammered that home. Um, that, that was pretty much it. And, and so I, I had to dig deep and figure out, like, you know, if that's the case, then can my business survive? Um, if that's the case, can, you know, what do I have to do to make it work? You know, uh, can I support my lifestyle? 
can I support my core employees on, you know, 40 hours a week, five, five days, 40 hours, five days a week. Can I support, can I support all this? Um, that was like the philosophical moment more than anything. And actually it was more like an enlightenment for me because it kind of took the pressure off, um, the pressure off trying to find people and trying to fill positions to open, you know, all the hours that the chain stores are open and to be everything to everybody. Um, and I just wasn't going to be that person. Um, I just couldn't be that person. And um, that was pretty much the enlightening moment. It was like the, the light bulb went off for me at that point. Like, well, and, and, and you've always run a pretty lean operation. At one point, you had two stores. And, and you're what, about 30 miles south of Boston, uh, Spencer, roughly? Yep. So yep, you're part of West Bridge. You're sort of on the edge of a major metropolitan market, but uh, you know, running one location right now with four people, including yourself and three technicians, and and you are working the counter more often than not, right? I mean, you're interacting with customers. Oh yeah, yeah. And that was and that was part of what my my acceptance, my my part of my acceptance was the fact that you know I'm going to be one the one you know working the counter. I'm going to be working in my business rather than on it which was always the, the mantra that we always had is working on your business and not in it. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, ex you know, circumstances like COVID-19 really, you know, forced me to, you know, dig, like I said, dig deep and, and, and be who I, be the leader that I wanted to be. And uh, leading at the counter is, is pretty much the way a small business like mine does it now. Um, it's just the owner really needs to be working on, uh, in the business rather than just straight on it. Have you made any changes or adjustments in terms of like scheduling appointments with customers or the ratio of walk-in business to pre-scheduled business? Uh, yeah, really like lately that's become a factor. I mean, when, you know, during, during COVID, during the last year with the shutdown, um, it really didn't make a lot of difference. It was a lot of time to answer the phone. I was here for, you know, for here for everybody, no matter what they wanted, but like with the ramp up in traffic that's come lately and the demand, like you were saying, and uh, the limited supply that we have, you know, we've really needed to push uh, customers, you know, to online or to text-based, text you know, communications. Um, I mean, if people want to do business with you, if they're your customers or they want to do business with you, they're going to find a way to contact you, which is convenient for you and them. Um, you know, I'm talking text, email, messaging. We use WhatsApp. We use um, Instagram, Facebook messaging. I mean, there are so many different channels coming into our, into my store on a daily basis. You know, it's a, it's a handful looking after all these different communication channels. But um, I use a software now called um, um, Bolton Technologies, and it's the customer goes to our website. They click on schedule an appointment. As, as I'm sitting at my desktop, a little box pops up and it says, you know, uh, Mike Manges wants, wants an appointment for an oil change. And I can accept that right there or then, and I, or I can look at my schedule and propose a new time. And it's all done without calling, without the telephone. And uh, I got to say, I've changed my opinion of the telephone. I used to be a great fan of this, you know, selling by the telephone, but I think it's probably one of the least uh, efficient ways of doing things now. Do you think that's driven by the fact that consumers want to reach out to you in their own way at a time and method that's convenient for them? Or sure, I, I do think that, Mike. I think that uh, I think they they don't know when they will need the, the appointment 
until you know, they get prompted <laughs> to say when they need the appointment. Uh, you know, like how many calls they get during the day, you know, asking for an appointment. And I ask them, when would you like that? And they don't really know. You know, you have to talk them through the whole schedule they have that week. Uh, scheduling online and, and through, you know, e-communications e just, you know, gives you the, the, the snippet of information you need. When do you want the appointment? And are you going to be waiting or dropping off? Um, it's become a lot better, a lot more efficient for us. And, and you're not compelled to pick up the phone every time it rings also. Uh, absolutely not. No, definitely not. Um, it, it's, it's, like I said, it's a big drain on, on resources. You know, my resources are better spent, you know, with the people who are in the store at this moment, you know, um, mm. than the, the, the kickers or the shoppers on the phone. Um, you know, like I said, if, this, if they want to do business with you or they want to be a customer, they, they'll find a way to, to get in contact with you and not necessarily like immediately picking up the phone. I mean, how many businesses nowadays do you call where a human, a real human who, you know, knows what they're talking about with 25 years of experience picks up the phone? There's not a lot of places where that happens anymore. Um, you, and we're becoming yeah. one of them. You could still call modern tire dealer and, and somebody will answer the phone <laughs> nine times out of ten. Do I get straight but, through to you, Mike? Do I get yeah. straight through to you? <laughs> you've, got, you've got my extension. So, uh, but, um, yeah. you know, you, you also mentioned knocking down your shop hours, right? So you, I think, went from a six-day week to a five-day week. You went from maybe 48 to 50 hours a week to around 40 hours a week, uh, Monday through Friday. And, and that was done to benefit your, your employees, right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it was a knee-jerk reaction when when the when Governor Baker announced the shutdown on I think it was March, you know, seventeenth. You know, that we were we were an essential business at that point, but we've kind of were forced to do that. And then as things came back, it's it's uh, like I said, it was a it was an enlightening moment realizing like I can't come back to six days a week. I can't fill two more positions that I had before to work six days a week. So yeah, it, it was a 40 hour week. I mean, I had to try it that way. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it, it's now we were open for 40 hours. Uh, we have two technicians and a service advisor and me. Um, and it's more about just keeping employees happy, you know, um, keeping them on board, not even giving them a reason to look elsewhere because all the good employees, I, I believe, my own opinion is that all the good employees have jobs right now. and and all their all their employers are really looking after them because that's the state of the state of the, the market. So so that uh, helped with retention. That helped with morale. Uh, did it improve absolutely. the overall? Did it improve the overall quality of work? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it, we we get the same amount of work done, if not more, in, in forty hours that we were getting done in fifty hours. Mm -hmm. um, just because we're we're happier, we're more efficient, and. Um, yeah, we just we just don't want to work the weekends anymore. And uh, it's amazing. It's amazing how much, you know, uh, uh, how many resources you do have to make that happen, how much of it, uh, how inefficient you we, we were compared to how we are. And it's all about efficiency for me. I mean, it's you only got so many hours in the day. But and, and I think that kind of nicely segues into the discussion around the menu of services that you offer in the article, you mentioned that uh, you really decided to streamline your, your offerings, um, you know, to focus on your core work or the things that you, you actually make money on consistently. Can, can, can you kind of walk us through that thought process? Sure. I mean, I've been doing this 25 years. I mean, I know tires and alignments. I know brakes and oil changes. Um, 
you know, I don't know how to make a diagnosis, a check engine light diagnosis profitable. No matter, no matter how many articles I read or how many training sessions mm -hmm. I go to, I, I've never seen a timing belt that's done in the book time. Um, it's just this kind of shop I am. Uh, um, I know tires and alignments, and I know how long a set of tires takes. I know how long a, a brake job takes. That's all part of being efficient and scheduling is to know how long a job takes. And so the services that I didn't know how long they were going to take, like the like the check engine diagnosis, like the uh, fluid leaks, um, all that kind of stuff. Um, I, I couldn't do them anymore because I just didn't know how long they were going to take. And with limited resources, you just don't have all the um, the extra the extra hours, the extra people sitting around. And uh, so that's why I got rid of it. I mean, I I I, I became comfortable with my place in say in the community as being the person who was going to really take care of your tires, alignments, brakes, and oil changes, but not the guy who's going to, you know, fix your check engine light. And it took a little while because I used to dabble in that. I mean, I call it dabbling. I've always had, you know, a little bit of a, uh, we've always done a little bit of check engine diagnosis, and, but we were never really good at it. And it was the first thing I dropped. I, I just cannot stand check engine like that diagnosis. Yeah, it seems not like such an such an inexact thing so do you farm that type of work out to other shops yeah we have a couple of shops that we use in the area the same and, and what's happened is is kind of a uh, a positive a positive um effect of that is that they are referring their tire work to us and their alignment work to us um, and so it's kind of made our relationships with the shops in the area a lot better um, i mean we're definitely not we're not shipping them out you know all the the horrible work on 10 year old Ford Explorers, but it, it, we are giving, you know, we're giving them some nice work and, and they, they're referring it back to us, you know, which is nice. Yeah. So they're reciprocating a little bit. That's, that's a nice, uh, nice little system. Yeah. There. Yeah. Cause it's, we're really not, we're not going to, then they, it's kind of a, 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 we're a small town. There's probably six shops and everybody has a little bit of a specialty. Um, and uh, that, that's kind of what I, what I wanted to be. I wanted to be a specialist and it's really worked out for me. I mean, I, like I said, it's become a lot more efficient because I know how long jobs take. I know, um, I know what we're, I know we're really good at what we do and uh, that's get, that gets out there. So that's, that's, I think all part of, if, if I'm not wrong, um, another point that you made in the article that, you know, the, the pandemic and, and the ups and downs of that forced you to to really look at and figure out what you needed out of your business uh, to make it work for you rather than the other way around. I think some of our listeners, and it's it's easy to do probably in any business. You know, you find yourself uh, uh, not necessarily a slave to the business, but you know, you're you're so tied into it that uh, it's it's really difficult to step back and and say what what am I getting out of this, right? So, um, exactly, exactly. Uh, it's it's so true. The the you know the the. It's usually uh, for the for many years I, I was working you know six days a week sixty hours a week and I always just wanted to beat last year that was I don't know why I just it was always I just wanted to beat last year's numbers and that was how I've gone about my my life and uh, but you know taking a step back being forced to take a step back with COVID and having a lot of time on my hands to to evaluate the business um, that that's what came out of it I I, I um, yeah something happened something changed in me to, to not be a slave but more like what do I need and what do my employees need to you know have a good life here and 
What does the business need to do to support that? And so it's actually like a bottom up effect. You take your, you know, you take your net profit or your gross profit and, and what you and your expenses and what you need and work that up into your gross profit and gross sales. Mm-hmm. And then so that's how you I arrived at a, a goal. I mean, during the pandemic, there's really no way of there was no way of you know, forecasting how 2021 was going to be or even 2022. We still don't know. Things are just so fluid right now. Um, so the only way to set a goal for me was to go from the bottom up. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, completely, completely. What, what's your advice, uh, Spencer, in, in closing for fellow tire dealers who are evaluating their businesses or may know deep down they need to look at it differently, maybe make some tough decisions like you did? What's, what's your advice to them? Um, you know, I, I can only talk for myself. I mean, I, like I said, I run the counter, I take all the phone calls and, you know, things I've noticed lately, I mean, very lately is, is just to know your limitations, know what you can do and what you can't do and be honest with people about it. Don't be scared to refer it out. Um, you know, be, be more, trying to be more efficient that way. No, you know, try to bill the hours that you can bill in a day. And um, I think bottom line for me is just to take care of yourself, you know, by doing it this way, by not just constantly beating yourself to, to make that last year's number and beyond doing whatever it takes, getting here at five in the morning or leaving at six at night. That's not the way to do it because in the end, it's going to be a crash and burn. And, uh, and uh, I could feel that coming before the pandemic. And I'm really glad, really glad that I had this epiphany that, yeah. that um, that that I my my stress level is is a lot less than it you know it used to be. Um, my wife's happier, you know. I'm, I'm happier, and I feel like I've got a future now. Uh, before it just felt like you know that the the business was going downward, downward spiral. The the price to the the, the race to the bottom lowest price was on, and uh, now it's not. And I feel like we've got some hope here for small small independent dealers to to take control again. I think there's a lot of hope for for dealers to take control, as you put it, and uh, certainly uh, Kenwood Tire, your company's a sterling example of of what can be and uh, what you can what you can become if you do take a step back and a deep breath to reevaluate things. Sounds like you've hit on a, a winning formula that's working really well for you and your people, and and we congratulate you and wish you nothing but the best, Spencer, as we uh, wind down the year and head into the next one. Great, Mike. Thank you very much. I really appreciate uh, this opportunity to, you know, to tell my story and um, really happy to be telling it to you. Thank you very much. We appreciate your time and all the great insight. Look, look forward to talking to you later. All right. Thanks, Mike. See you, Spencer. Yeah. Take care. The Modern Tire Dealer Show is sponsored by MTD10, the training and education network. Formerly DSP20 Group, 10 is the most progressive, comprehensive resource offering tire dealers the solutions, connections, and training they need to reach their goals. From one-on-one coaching and 20 group networking to real-world on-site problem solving and exclusive content, 10 offers an all-encompassing approach to education unlike anything the industry has ever seen, one that will ensure your business succeeds long-term. Learn more about what 10 can do for you and your business at mtd10.com. Thanks for listening to this week's edition of the Modern Tire Dealer Show. Don't forget to pick up a copy of the November issue of Modern Tire Dealer available now, and we will talk to you soon. Take care.